What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It is Tuesday, September 21st. I'm Gideon Resnick. And I'm Josie Duffy-Rice. And this is What A Day, where we are anxiously guzzling maple syrup as we await the result of Canada's election. I had to tap all of this myself, uh, mm-hmm. and I just want to say it was tough. It was challenging. You're welcome, Canada. On today's show, President Biden lifts a travel ban so that fully vaccinated foreign nationals can enter the U.S. Plus, Russia recently held a national election, and you probably won't be too surprised at whose party won. Truly, truly shocking. But first, in a blow to immigrant rights activists, Senate parliamentarian Elizabeth McDonough, the, quote, impartial referee of the Senate and its rules, said on Sunday that Democrats could not use the $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill to create a pathway to citizenship. Millions of undocumented people living in America had been waiting on something, really anything, that would have moved the needle on immigration reform since so little has changed in years. Yeah, and at the same time, as we talked about yesterday, over 14,000 Haitian migrants began to arrive at the Texas-Mexico border in recent days in order to seek asylum from the U.S. Some of them had fled the country following a devastating earthquake and the recent assassination of the country's president. However, the U.S. has already begun to clear out where they have taken shelter. As of last night, the AP reported that more than 6,000 Haitians and other migrants had been removed. Several hundreds of them at least have been deported back to Haiti using a pandemic-related policy adopted by the Trump administration, with officials saying that the size and pace of flights is set to increase. And there was at least one well-documented disturbing instance of Border Patrol behavior. Al Jazeera posted a video yesterday showing Border Patrol officers on horseback verbally abusing some of those migrants. Hey, you use your women? This is why your country because you use your women for this. Really ugly. Yeah, you got to know that if you are using immigration policy that was adopted by the Trump administration, you might be on the wrong path. Yeah. And at one point in this video, it appears as if an officer swings at a migrant with what looks like a strap that is connected to the bridle of his horse. That's how the Washington Post put it. We'll link to that video in our show notes. And yesterday, the White House and the chair of the House Homeland Security Committee voiced concern over some of the reports that were emerging and called the circulating pictures, quote unquote, horrific. And they are horrific, right? It's a really, really kind of shocking thing to see. And with so much going on with immigration, we wanted to hear what one activist herself thinks. Danae Joseph is an undocumented DACA recipient and a national immigrant rights activist. Welcome to What A Day. Thank you for having me. So I know that this week has just been, I'm sure, very emotional and disappointing in, in a lot of different ways. What is your reaction to the news that once again, DACA protections won't be passed in Congress? I would say that I'm disappointed, but not defeated. I'm disappointed by the fact that the Senate parliamentarian thought that for the first time in 35 years that this shouldn't be something that's included in the reconciliation package. However, I'm not defeated um, considering the fact that she actually isn't a rulemaker. 
She isn't a legislator, right? She is an unelected advisor to the Senate, meaning that the buck does not stop with her. This is where we need bold action from the Democratic Party, like Chuck Schumer, who could actually say, you know what? let's actually replace you or from the president of the Senate being Vice President Kamala Harris to say that I'd actually like to overrule that decision, considering the fact that the vast majority of the American population actually supports a pathway forward of citizenship for the 11.5 million undocumented people in this country. As someone, though, who has personal experience as well as understanding the impact this has on the country writ large, this actually affects you directly. So how has it been for you personally? Well, first and foremost, it's been hard for me for the past right. 20 years that I've been undocumented, right? right? Um, as an undocumented and Black woman from Belize, Central America, these conversations aren't had nearly enough where we talk about what's happening with immigration, who's directly impacted by this issue. And so it's difficult when you hear people say that it's not right now, but I've been hearing not right now for 20 years. So it's frustrating. Um, it makes you feel defeated at times. But at the same time, it makes me that much more defiant to want to push harder for us to get something concrete. And you're sort of alluding to this, but we heard this time that the reasoning is based on this parliamentarian's decision, as you said. But does it feel as though people are constantly passing the buck here? Absolutely. You're right about that, where the responsibility and who should be held accountable consistently changes. One thing that we saw come out of the Trump administration, and I can't even believe that I'm saying one thing, one good thing that came out, is the fact that members of the Republican Party were defiant mm. in when they wanted something to get done, right. meaning that they could care less about bipartisanship that they just worked to complete whatever the priorities of their party was. Right. And I think as members of the Democratic Party, they need to do the absolute same thing. This is something, comprehensive immigration reform, or at least a pathway forward that would benefit this nation and contribute to the socioeconomic status of this country. It is positive. Why not fight for it? Why not be bold about this one thing, considering that it's positive? And we saw the other party do way more for far worse for this country. Mm -hmm. Today and just these past few days, we've seen this situation with Haitian immigrants, just the latest in a string of deeply tragic, deeply callous, right, behavior towards migrants trying to seek refuge in the United States. So when you see those images that are being discussed today in those videos of those officers on horseback holding what look like whips, how does it make you rethink your own sort of outlook on the current situation in immigration or does it not really make you rethink it at all? Today, as I was reading and re-looking at those images, I just could not believe that this is what's happening under this current administration. The idea was that we would see a clear difference in this nation's regard for immigrants than we saw in the previous administration. So the fact that the same things are happening is disappointing. And that means that this administration actually needs to step up to do better, to hold itself accountable and looking at the ways in which they're disproportionately impacting members of the immigrant community in the same way that they said they wanted the previous administration to stop. 
And we're about eight months into President Biden's first term in office, in addition to everything else that we have talked about. Just yesterday, the Wall Street Journal reported that the White House will raise the cap on admissions of refugees to 125,000 a year starting October 1st. Biden had pledged to raise that cap during his campaign, and he had already once earlier this year. We've kind of addressed this, but at this point, what is your assessment of how Biden has done on immigration overall? I think the will is there, but the resistance is lacking Mm. Um, in that you should not be so concerned about what the naysayers are saying and doing in order to stop the very progressive and necessary work that you're doing. You should be more focused on individuals like myself who are one of 11.5 million undocumented people who are susceptible to detention and deportation on a daily basis. That should be the concern, Mm. right? And so that resistance needs to be there. That's why I love the work of people like Cori Bush, who is a legislator, but she's also an activist. She's also an organizer who recognizes, just like Dr. King did, right, um, that a lot of the work that he was doing was not favorable at that time. But it's not about favorability. People will eventually get the right idea decades later, but should we wait for them to catch up? Or should we be that bold change that we would like to see in the world? And I think it's the latter, that we should be the bold change and think less about what the naysayers feel or what they think we should be doing. Yeah, I think something that you're saying is making me, A, want to acknowledge all the work that immigration activism has contributed and driven. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think so much of the conversation around immigration is driven in moments of crisis and Mm. covered in moments of crisis, right? It is the moment of family separation. It is the moment of crossing the border. It is the caravan, right? Versus a real holistic conversation about what are the ways in which we can try to rectify and help and also allow these people to help us by entering the country. So why do you think that is, that immigration is really only covered in the context of crisis? I think something that I've learned in communications is about what people consider to be sexy, Mm -hmm. right? What's that sexy issue that people are drawn to and attracted to? And unfortunately, we live in a time and era where people tend to thrive off of tragedy. Mm. And unfortunately, in the immigrant rights movement, tragedy and trauma is taking place daily. Whether or not the media is picking it up and talking about it. Case in point, members of the undocumented and Black community who have been disproportionately impacted by this nation's immigration system since the 1980s. In fact, the U.S. detention system as we know it was built on the backs of Haitian people during 1974 and 1980, where we saw a Caribbean crisis take place, where people were fleeing. And so because of that narrative of what's a sexy issue, what is that most pressing thing at that time? And also the fact that we have very short attention spans. Mm -hmm. And because of that, What is going on with immigration, like I said, has been taking place for decades. And so when you see that a community is disproportionately impacted by issues on a daily basis, the attention is not going to be lent. Meanwhile, so many other things are taking place every day in our nation. But I think what we do need to look to is the fact that this actually isn't new. 
And it would be a disservice to every Haitian immigrant and people coming from the African continent to say that this border crisis just began. Mm -hmm. It did not. Haitian immigrants have been fleeing the country since 2010, since the earthquake and the destabilization that took place then. Mm -hmm. In fact, there's members of the Haitian community who were sheltering in place in Mexico with no form of support, if not for the help of the Mexican people who were giving them food and they were being left unhoused on the streets of Mexico for at least a decade. So this isn't new. And I think we definitely need to start to look at who we consider to be important. Because for a long time, Haitian people who are erased, black people who are erased in the immigrant rights movement and the narratives around immigration, this has been taking place for a long time. It's just we do not find them important enough to cover our stories. Um, Well, thank you so much for taking so much generous time today and giving us so much to think about and consider here. Uh, Danae Joseph is an undocumented DACA recipient and national immigrant rights activist. Thank you again. We always appreciate you joining. Thank you so much. And that is the latest for now. We're going to be back after some ads. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, Books promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? 
therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit betterhelp.com slash wad today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash wad. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. Starting in early November, the Biden administration is going to ease travel restrictions on fully vaccinated foreign nationals that are flying to the U.S. President Biden's COVID-19 response coordinator, Jeffrey Zients, made the announcement yesterday. Travelers that are coming from 33 countries, including China, India, Brazil, and most of Europe, will be allowed to enter if they show proof of vaccination and if they have tested negative for the virus within three days of their flight. Now, personally, I can only host one of them, and that privilege is reserved at this point for Britain's own Paddington Bear. Paddington, <laughs> we can continue this conversation in the DMs, but the spot is yours, my friend. Uh, travelers will also have to provide personal information such as a phone number and email address to allow for contact tracing. As of now, this does not apply to ground travel from Canada or Mexico. Non-essential travel from those countries is barred through October 21st. And the new Biden policy will replace a patchwork of travel bans that the Trump administration implemented in January of 2020. We have been in this for a long time. Truly. The decision came on the eve of British Prime Minister Boris Johnson's visit to the White House, where Johnson was expected to press Biden on lifting the ban. I'm interested in whether or not Paddington actually has opposable thumbs and can actually DM you. I don't feel like he can really DM. I can't answer for him, so. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Also in COVID news, the Pfizer-BioNTech coronavirus vaccine has been shown to provoke a strong immune response in children aged 5 to 11 years old. If you're not familiar with... Uh, science speak, that is a good thing. (laughs) Pfizer announced its findings yesterday. The company plans to submit its data to the FDA by the end of the month so it can get emergency use authorization for the vaccine to be used on this age group. According to the American Academy of Pediatrics, kids now account for more than one in five new cases of COVID-19, and the Delta variant has sent more children to the hospital in the ICU in recent weeks than at any other time during the pandemic. If the FDA regulatory review goes smoothly, millions of elementary school children may have the opportunity to get inoculated by November. That is great. Truly. Stock markets were hit hard yesterday as a huge Chinese property conglomerate faces a potential default on its debt. China Evergrande Group was once a financial powerhouse in China's economy when the country leaned on the property market for growth. Now, the company faces over $300 billion in debt and has seen its shares lose over 80% of their value this year. Unreal. Yeah, analysts now say that a default is looking likely, maybe even as soon as within the month, and that could have huge consequences for China's stock markets and ours. Already, just the potential threat of a default caused major panic from investors, translating to substantial declines in the Dow Jones. Thankfully, my portfolio remains stable since my money is heavily invested in an asset called the hollow tree out by the creek. Uh, Please delete that from this recording before this goes live. Thank you. I appreciate it. You never win, but you never lose when you keep your money in a hollow tree, you know? That's what they say. That's what they say. Against no odds at all, Russia's ruling party, United Russia, will retain a two-thirds majority in the country's parliament following elections last weekend. Mm. This result cements the already cemented, very cemented, power of President Vladimir Putin, and it has widely been decried as fraudulent. 
The Kremlin encouraged voters in six regions of the country to cast ballots online this year. And while early results showed candidates from opposition parties gaining on Kremlin-backed candidates, once online voters were tallied up, those gains were erased. Mm. Very curious. Add in reports of ballot stuffing, plus the fact that many of the country's most prominent Putin critics have been jailed, exiled, or banned from running for office at all. And you really do start to wonder if the things that people say about Russian elections being fixed might be true. The country's Communist Party, which came in second, says they don't accept the validity of the online results. And I don't know about you, Gideon, but I am just now reaching the point in my 2020 healing process where I'm actually kind of able to root for that sentiment. Getting there. Getting there. Really getting there. Yeah. It's a slow process. And those are the headlines. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, stay away from my hollow money tree and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just direct messages from Paddington Bear like me, What A Day <laughs> is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Josie Duffy Rice. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and send, send us, us more, more maple, maple syrup. syrup. Yeah, if you don't want me to be sad, that's what I need. And if you want me to be sad, well, that's pretty mean. So Yeah, we need it now. We need the sugar. We need the rush. It's going to be that season. Exactly. What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Sonia Tun and Jazzy Marine are our associate producers. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producers are Leo Duran and me. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. With blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois.